a new record high in the number of local cases of COVID. And 1,210 Sunday marked the third day in a row for case numbers to be in four digits. Health Minister Chen Shizhong reckons as many as 3.45 million people in Taiwan could come down with COVID if 15% of the population gets infected, as is the case in Hong Kong and New Zealand. Meanwhile, Taiwan's FDA announced its approval of the Moderna vaccine for children aged 6 to 12. Our experts considered safety and efficacy, and in the light of the urgency of current public health needs, they've agreed to let children aged over six to be vaccinated. As for usage and dosage, kids will get half the dose teenagers and adults receive, which is 0.25 millilitres, containing 50 micrograms of mRNA. The interval between the doses will be 28 days. According to clinical trials conducted by Moderna, the neutralizing antibody produced in children aged 6 to 11 following their vaccination is almost the same as people aged 18 to 25. As for side effects, kids reported higher instances of fever than their adult counterparts. Other than that, most of the side effects were mild and temporary. The continued surge in COVID cases has caused a slew of cancellations of travel plans and hotel bookings across the nation. One travel agency reported a whopping 17 canceled tours within just two days. Adding to the travel industry's woes, the CECC is now requiring all tour group members, other than children in some exceptional cases, to be triple vaxxed. These travel agents are on the phone constantly, listening to customer after customer inquiring about refunds. As local COVID cases explode, people worry that travelling will raise the risk of it being infected with COVID. Late April through to May marks the start of Taiwan's high season for tourism. But currently travel agencies are reporting that they are seeing losses from paying out refunds that amount to close to 20% of their revenues. In April and May, the chances of customers dropping out of tour groups are actually very high, and this occurs in both school tours and commercial tour groups. We are now seeing people withdrawing from tours scheduled for July and August. On the East Coast, hotels in Taidung and Hualien have also seen a wave of cancellations. The National Middle School Athletic Games was cancelled just recently and the host city Hualien suffered losses of 60 to 70 million NT in just five days. The East Coast city has been listed as a high-risk place for COVID and hotel occupancy rates have since dropped from 60% to 70% to less than 30%. Up to around 50% of tour groups have chosen to reschedule. If the pandemic gets more and more serious, of course, everyone will be thinking about whether to continue with business operations and will be making contingency plans. People have been cancelling their travel plans since the pandemic took a turn for the worse. But in addition, the CECC has announced that aside from some specified groups and teenagers and children who have been double vaxxed, Everyone else taking part in a tour must have first received three dosages of a COVID vaccine, which is making the tourism industry's woes even worse. 
We also have to deal with companies that we work with, which keep increasing their compensation claims. Meanwhile, travelers hope to get full refunds with no deductions related to other expenses or group booking fees. This causes the travel agencies to feel attacked on all fronts. Travel industry insiders say most tourists are demanding full refunds, as they say these factors are unavoidable for travel companies. One company has reported 17 cancelled tours, impacting close to 40% of its revenues. They say the CECC should have given advance notice of the changes, rather than make a sudden announcement, which has caught both travellers and the industry off guard. It's been more than 50 days since Russia began its bloody invasion of Ukraine, which has led to massacres of civilians and sparked international outrage. Today, a local NGO called Taiwan Stands with Ukraine staged a protest in front of the main entrance of Taipei's Liberty Square. They invited members of the public to lie down with them in a symbol of death to mourn the slaughtered civilians in the city of Bucha. Nearly 50 people lay down on the ground with eyes closed and hands and feet bound with ropes. Some people even had blood painted on their bodies. They hoped such a sight in peaceful Taipei would bring more people's attention to the war in Ukraine. And heading down to eastern Taiwan, Taidong is full of natural wonders, and now it has a new attraction that is somewhere between the man-made and the natural. River engineers have drawn giant hearts in the paddy fields around Beinan River. The fields help protect the soil of the riverbed, which can be blown away by torrential monsoon winds. But now with the fields holding the soil down and hearts keeping morale up, Taidong is set for a safe and sound monsoon this year. Looking down from Liji Bridge, we can see two large hearts right in the middle of the fields. It looks a little like the ancient twin heartstone ware of Penghu, but it's been created by river management engineers. In previous years, the fields were terraced in a more subdued manner. In recent years, our colleagues and business partners began to wonder if we couldn't give the public some more creative images. So our partners chose the twin heartstone ware as a method. The Beinan River has a naked bed, meaning that every year the northeastern winds stir up a lot of dust. Locals are sick of the dust clouds formed near the river. Taidong County government and river management officials have come together to cover the exposed riverbed in water, creating terraced paddy fields to hold the river water in place and lock the soil down. And now the project has unexpectedly become a local attraction. When the water covered the twin hearts, the public responded very well. I also asked our colleagues to do something creative at some more nice sites with good views. For example, we could do symbolic totem designs based on Taitung culture. These hearts have turned a simple field into a delight for locals and tourists alike. But as the waters are there to protect from monsoon winds, the fields will generally only remain in place for six months each. Officials say that more surprising designs will soon appear at other locations in the county. President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Qingde gave pre-recorded remarks at the Global Taiwan National Affairs Symposium over the weekend. Tsai said the world is facing a challenge with the ongoing pandemic, and now the global situation is changing even more with the Russo-Ukrainian war and Taiwan becoming a focus of attention. Taiwan 
We have shown the world that Taiwan has the resolve to safeguard its national security. We are also capable of making a contribution to freedom and democracy. More and more countries are now speaking out on behalf of Taiwan, supporting our meaningful participation in international organisations so that we can work with the world together. We should also unite and cooperate to safeguard Taiwan's sovereignty, protect its democracy and ensure that Taiwan's future is determined by the people of Taiwan, so that Taiwan would not become a second Ukraine. I think the regime in Former U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton, a long-standing friend of Taiwan, also gave a speech at the event. He noted that the current top priority for the U.S. in the Indo-Pacific region is to prevent China from expanding its influence and that Taiwan was no longer struggling alone. Bolton argued that rather than abandoning its policy of strategic ambiguity, the Biden administration should adopt more political and military measures to defend Taiwan. Bolton also reiterated the importance of having the United States give official diplomatic recognition to Taiwan. He also said the U.S. would offer Taiwan unlimited support with the cooperation of Japan and other Indo-Pacific allies. Today, scanning a QR code or using Google Maps seem nearly indispensable in everyday life. But for many older adults, the virtual world can be inhospitable and difficult to navigate. According to government data, only 43% of people aged 65 and up use the Internet. It's usually not for the lack of will. Many seniors say they want to learn but don't know how to get started. To help raise digital literacy, Many civic groups now offer events and lessons tailor-made for beginner users. Today, we meet some seniors who refuse to be left out of the digital revolution. Our Sunday special report. Masako. Masako Wakamiya is just 82 years old, and she's from Japan, and she published her first app earlier this year. At Apple's annual Worldwide Developers Conference in 2017, company CEO Tim Cook turned the spotlight on Masako Wakamiya. The 82-year-old Japanese woman was the oldest developer at the conference. Wakamiya was 60 when she purchased her first computer. By the age of 81, she had developed her first app, a design game targeting older adults. Being at home all the time makes your social circle very small. I got serious about improving my situation and I discovered computers. Technology is quickly changing our world and for older adults learning to use these new technologies can take courage. In 2021, the Honda Senior Citizens Welfare Foundation held a unique event, an eSports tournament for older adults. They recruited players from all around Taiwan to show that technology can be mastered at any age. In the end, they found 28 players with a combined age of over 1,800 years. 
After three months of training, they were divided into three teams to compete in a League of Legends tournament. On the big day, more than 50,000 people tuned in to watch. At 75 years old, Liu Mengde was the oldest player in the tournament. He boots up his computer and puts on his earphones, ready to dive into the virtual world. He's transfixed as he battles enemies on the monitor, expertly placing his attacks. It's hard to imagine that Liu is a cancer survivor. He is also hard of hearing and uses hearing aids in day-to-day -day life. To learn how to play League of Legends, he traveled from Taipei to Taoyuan every week and stayed up until 2 or 3 a.m. each night to hone his skills. I like trying new things. Challenging myself to try different things is good. I don't care about winning and losing, or about what others might think. If I like something, I just go and do it. I think esports are a very suitable activity for older adults. They can stimulate our brains and senses and keep dementia at bay. It's also good for our mental and physical well-being. For example, during the pandemic, we can go online to play games together and interact with other players. Leo doesn't just play esports on his computer. He practices his language skills over video conference with members of a Japanese reading club. He also runs his own YouTube channel. Hi, I think retirement has been the best part of my life. I can be completely carefree. I can do whatever I want. There aren't many older adults as tech-savvy as Liu, but there are many who want to at least dip their toes in the virtual world. We're at Chunxian Borough Office in Taipei's Da'an District, where seniors are stretching and warming up their hands. They have to get their fingers ready for today's class, where they will learn how to use a smartphone. Today we're going to talk about a very good app called Google Map. Google Map has already been used, but I'm going to let you find your location. During the two hours of class, instructors teach them how to use Google Maps step by step. All the students are aged 60 and up. The oldest is 86-year-old Mr. Tsai, who takes careful handwritten notes in class. If you don't change with the times, you'll be left out. I find that phones are part of our everyday lives. Without a phone, you'd be very bored. 
This tech course offers 11 two-hour lessons on the basics of Google Apps, camera functions, social media, online health management, electronic invoices, and even food delivery platforms. Students learn things they can use in everyday life, delivered in bite-sized portions by their instructors. More and more of these courses are being offered nationwide as demand for tech literacy increases. I've asked my kids before, but I always had to wait for them to have free time, so I thought I might as well learn it myself. My kids say that there's no use in teaching me because I forget what I'm told, so I took matters into my own hands and came here. Before every class, some students will say things like, I asked my son again yesterday and he told me I had to do this and that, but I didn't get it. He's run out of patience with me because he's tried to teach me so many times and I still can't do it. He tells me he's taught me that before. In every class, there are people with stories like that. In many families, there is a clear divide in technology use. Whereas younger people find smartphones easy to use, the gadgets bewilder older generations. This generation is not very familiar with smartphones because they are digital. All their lives, all they had to use were analog tools, physical tools. But this is different from that world. Phones have many layers to them, and they have a very logical structure of their own. For younger people, it feels very intuitive. But these obvious things for us can be like a labyrinth for them. The smartphone course is specially designed for older adults. It allows them to feel more at ease as they learn a new skill with their peers. Learning how to use smartphones fills me with a sense of vitality. I feel like I'm catching up with the times. If I don't learn, people will say, you're behind the times. Hearing people talk about things you don't understand really makes you feel like you're below them. When you get a phone, it's as if your eyes and your ears become cleverer. Without a phone, it's as if you know nothing. Digital tech is advancing at a breakneck pace. In the past, older adults could choose not to learn to use new technologies. But these days, the pandemic has made basic digital literacy a must. COVID measures such as QR code registration and vaccine bookings require the internet and put people without smartphones at a disadvantage. The Federation for the Welfare of the Elderly says that the government should do more to improve digital literacy among seniors. There are groups such as Fun Aging and other civic groups that hold digital technology courses, but I think there are very few people in academia who are promoting digital literacy among older adults. I think we need to put more effort into that. Though technology moves fast, it's never too late, as shown by the growing ranks of internet-savvy seniors. As digital literacy becomes increasingly important in everyday life, Taiwan must find ways to ensure that nobody gets left behind.
Temperatures took a plunge over the weekend under the influence of a northeast monsoon, which will last until Tuesday, according to the Central Weather Bureau. The sun is expected to reappear on Wednesday, followed by balmy weather. The drop in temperature also means that many people are coming down with colds. A specialist is advising people not to avoid visiting doctors when they have cold symptoms, despite the rise in the number of local cases of COVID. The sky is overcast and grey. Many have donned heavy coats before heading outside. Under the influence of a northeast monsoon, early morning temperatures have remained low. The mercury stayed at around 15 to 17 degrees in regions north of central Taiwan and in northeastern regions. Other areas were 19 to 20 degrees. The temperature differences between Taiwan's north and south were extreme. With the effects of the northeast monsoon, look at this red line, which indicates northern Taiwan. It shows that almost all the lows are remaining at around 16 to 18 degrees. The CWB forecasts that the northeast monsoon will persist until Tuesday. Starting Wednesday, the northeast monsoon will weaken and the weather will get warmer. From Thursday onwards, the whole island will see sunny skies. As for precipitation, Monday and Tuesday will see brief scattered showers in the northern and eastern half of the island, as well as in the mountains of central and southern Taiwan. The weather will be somewhat unstable before Wednesday. Due to the northeast monsoon, the windward side of the northern regions and the eastern half will get brief and sporadic rain, and likewise for the central and southern mountainous areas. As the weather turned cooler, many people caught colds. A doctor at a clinic says there's been a 10% increase in his patients. As the weather fluctuates, there tends to be more people coming down with colds. However, many people don't dare go to hospitals or medical institutions to see a doctor. I'm appealing to the public that if you have symptoms, get them checked out at a medical institution to determine whether you have a cold or the Omicron virus. Despite recently increasing visitor numbers at his clinic, Dr. Xu observes that compared to previous years, there's still a drop of 20% in visitor numbers. He chalks it up to the current surge of COVID cases. He is pleading with the public to see doctors whenever they feel unwell, to prevent prolonging their illnesses.